0: Log Talk Radio.
1: Hello, Nats Town. Welcome to Nats Nightly, sponsored by FederalBaseball.com. This is Patrick Reddington from Federal Baseball. I've got Doghouse and Dave Nichols from Federal Baseball on the line after the Nationals drop a 5-4 decision to the Detroit Tigers in D.C. 20-12 on the year after the loss. Uh, Start with Joe Ross on the mound there, Dave. I know you're watching a little bit of the hockey action at the same time, so if you missed anything, (laughs) just let me know. But... 3 and 1 in five games before tonight. 1 2 3 ERA, 2 6 3 FIP, 2.76 walks per nine, 7.06 K per nine, 194, 274, 267 line against, and 29 and a third innings pitched so far this season. Hold on, I just hit some video on my thing. Uh, Victor Martinez, a single two run home run by Nick Castellanos, puts the Tigers up 2 to 1 early. First home run allowed by Ross in 32 innings pitched this season, which is kind of impressive. RBI single by James McCann in the sixth, tied it up at three. Dusty Baker talked afterwards about his bullpen being a little bit spent, so he stuck with Joe Ross a little bit longer when he looked like he was getting tired out there. Seemed like that was a difference because he faltered in that last inning and gave up a few runs there, but not Joe Ross at his best tonight, but a decent start by him. Ended up giving up five runs total, I think. Uh, pulling up his box score here. Nothing's working. Six hits, eight uh, Six innings, eight hits, five runs, two walks, four Ks, one home run on the night got up to 97 pitches, but it looked like he had tired there at the
2: end. Yeah, um, yeah, that's exactly right. I saw the first couple innings, and then I saw um, his last inning. And that's actually exactly right. He looked pretty good early. Um, the Tigers have, have good right-handed power that uh, kind of victimized him a little bit. Um, and then he was in late in the game when he shouldn't have been. Um, you know, whether the Nats need to call up a fresh arm from Syracuse or – they just need to get eight innings from a starter at some point to, to give all these guys a night off but um, but yeah the, the Ross um, was clearly spent there in that last inning um, and just I guess Baker felt like he had to, had his hands tied um, letting Ross continue to flounder and give up the runs there late
1: So I guess what also hurt him was an odd interpretation of the rule they added we were discussing this and trying to figure out what had happened there before the show started but Victor Martinez uh, singles, Nick Castellanos walks, uh, James McCann hits a single, which I mentioned before, Anthony Ghost singles to load up the bases there. Nationals challenge the call when Andrew Romine hits a grounder. It looks like it could be a double play, but they're late getting the throw to first. Go, Ghost is out at second. They look at it because the Nationals think that he was uh, sliding wide of the base, which he clearly did when they showed it. Dusty Baker said afterwards that when they didn't reverse the call, he was told that he didn't hinder the throw in any way or hinder the play at second base, so it was ruled uh, not a double play. The call on the field stands there, which is an odd interpretation of the rule. Dusty Baker said they apparently have changed the rule and nobody told anyone if you don't... uh, where I'm just trying to find his way. If you're not hindering the throw, there's no DP called, but that's not how it was being called early this season. I still don't understand why they didn't call that one a double play. It didn't look like they were going to get the double play anyway, but clearly slid in wide of the base at second, and in the interpretation of the rule we've seen earlier this season, that should have been ruled a double play because he was not going directly
0: into the base. Well, if, if the rule is you didn't hinder the play, but my first objection, if, if that's the way you're supposed to interpret the rule, that means the umpire has to decide whether or not you would have gotten a double play, more or less. And it, it's, I think it's a pretty clear argument that they wouldn't have gotten a double play there, uh, and right. that the, the wide slide makes no difference. Okay, if that's what the rule is, fine. Then you shouldn't have the rule at all, because having to decide whether or not there would have been a double play is too much for the umpire to do, so just do away with the rule. If the rule is, as it was stated, that player safety is important and you're not going to get the neighborhood play anymore and that any time you don't slide to the bag, you're out, then he's out. There's no other possible way. He, He did not even slide toward the bag at all. He turned away from the bag to slide toward the player, did not even reach for the bag, much less just overslide and, and go past it. I mean, he didn't slide over the bag, through the bag. He slid, slid a foot next to the bag, you know, <laughs> trying to hit Danny Espinosa as he's like leaping away off of his balletic pirouette away from the bag, doing, doing that nice little pivot that, uh, that we all love to watch. I, I mean, if that's how they're going to interpret the rule, they shouldn't have the rule. It should just not be a thing, and then they, they should put back the neighborhood play, and say, you know, oops, this idea didn't work out. Because that is clearly a different interpretation than how the play was being called in a game earlier this year. Uh, So, and if they've changed the interpretation, tell people! Uh, (laughs) (laughs) you, You can't, you know, you want to change the rule? Fine, change the rule. I think changing it to how it was interpreted tonight is dumb, but if you're going to do that... You're welcome to. MLB does a lot of dumb things. But tell people.
1: (laughs) Dave, I just want to get your take on it, too. Uh, Dan Colco from Masson quotes uh, Danny Murphy. uh, He says, Nats are frustrated with the slide ruling there. Murphy especially so. He was the one at second, obviously, who had to get out of the way. of The runner sliding wide of the base said that based on rules players were given, there were two violations on this play. So, apparently, it's not only Dusty Baker who missed the update from Major League Baseball. I personally think this should go away the uh, go the way of the transfer rule or the drop on the transfer rule they tried to instill a, a couple of years ago and dropped quickly into the season, but we all saw what happened in that playoff game when Chase Utley went in and broke the leg of the Mets. Uh, the I'm forgetting at the moment. I'm drawing a blank, but uh, I don't think it was necessary to really change this rule. I know FP has been railing against it all season long, but what did you think of that play in particular and the rule in general?
2: Well, the play in particular, uh, they completely misinterpreted the rule. The rule, and nowhere in the rule does it state any intent whatsoever. Look, they don't allow um, the official scorekeeper to infer a double play, even upon a review. You know, how can you allow, how can you, you, you entrust the umpires at live speed to do that they just they completely misinterpreted the rule. I'm all for player safety. I like the rule if it's enforced consistently. I like the rule at home plate if it's enforced consistently. But the problem is, is that it's not being enforced consistently, and now they're, they're overruling it from New York and, and, and giving explanations that have, that have nothing to do, no application to the rule whatsoever. Yeah, so I'd remove all subjectivity, either call
1: it all the way that way or get rid of that rule because it's ridiculous at this point, but that hurt the Nationals, especially when Miguel Cabrera drove in another run, they took the lead on that play, they scored another run there, 5-3, to three. that ends up being a winning run, just to add to the frustration a little bit more. Nationals did, however, have a chance to tie at Doghouse, uh, Wilson Ramos, two for two with two walks, if I remember correctly, I don't have the box score in front of me, but Singles with one out in the eighth, one out later after Danny Espinosa flies to center. Clint Robinson steps in. Ramos still on first, which is going to be key in a second, I'll explain. But Clint Robinson with a sharp line drive, double to center. Uh, Ramos tries to score from first, gets thrown out, a perfect 8-6-2 relay home. Dusty Baker said afterwards that he took the blame on this one. He should have pinched one for Ramos, which I was going to ask him if no one else brought up, but he said that. If Ramos had reached second, he was going to pinch run from there. Should have done it anyway. Ramos just about scored there. He said he was happy with the send, had no problem with it. It took a perfect relay to get them there. But Dusty Baker doing a rare instance of taking the blame for not pinch running him there. Not a rare instance from Dusty Baker, I should say. Generally from managers.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, a a rare instance compared to what we're we're used to? Because now I'm just mad and I want to pile on everyone that I've ever – ever had a beef with. Uh, <laughs> Settle scores. I, 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 yeah. <laughs> People who are completely unrelated to the topic at hand. Um, yeah, I, I think I agree with the send there. Uh, you, you take a chance. Um, if, if Even though he hadn't pinch run for, for Ramos, uh, he was clearly out, but it was a perfect relay. Every throw was right on line uh it it was uh a a perfect throw right on line to the catcher. Uh there were no bobbles on, on any transfers going in. You you force them to make the play and sometimes they make the play. Uh you know, what what can you do? You you tip your cap there and I don't think you even have to drop your doors on that one. Um, <laughs> they 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 legitimately caught him and and that I, I think it's although I'd I'd rather that we'd seen uh Oh, I guess Joe Rush pitched, so they couldn't have had him, him pinch run there. Uh, who's our next most athletic pitcher we could have put out? I guess probably, uh, probably Scherzer. Um, <laughs> should have been out there running and, and, and would have scored on that play. But, uh, you know, what, what, what can you do? Um, it, was, uh, it, it was some good baseball on, on both sides on that one. And uh, that, that Dusty takes the mea culpa there, I, I think, shows some character. Although, honestly, I would have had, rather had the run.
2: Dave,
1: Dave, did something interesting happen in the game?
0: <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah. The Penguins just went through the through the crease three or four different times there. Just sorry, it's getting exciting here in overtime hockey. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right.
1: We'll get out of here in three minutes anyway. So I don't know how much you got to see of Michael Fulmer. This is my first look at him. Uh, right-hander acquired from the Mets in the Yunis-Speters deal last July. Came in with a six ERA, 4.57 four, five, seven, fifth and 10 starts. Mid-90s, uh, two and four seamers, a high 80 slider and a changeup, uh, down one nothing on a bases loaded single by S B in the second, a two-run homer by Zimmerman in the third, made it 3-2 at that point in the Nationals' favor. Uh, nice to see Zim kind of heat up. Got a good look at Fomer not, not a particularly impressive outing for him, but he, he showed some good stuff out there on the mound. But Zim tagged him. I think that's the big story here. Ryan Zimmerman kind of heating up a little bit, two
2: home runs on the night, had a chance
1: for a third at the end, but ended up striking out.
2: Yeah, you know, Filmer's a pretty good prospect. I think uh, the Tigers are rushing him a little bit here, but they uh, um, really don't have much of, a, of an alternative there. Um, you're right. The big, uh, the big story is Zimmerman getting hot. It's good to see him putting a charge into the ball. would have been nice to see it a little bit over the weekend, but, um, you know, if it's going to start and he's going to turn into Ryan Zimmerman here, um, that's the big thing. He can carry this team for weeks. Um, if he's starting to see the ball well, starting to drive the ball well, that's going to help the Nats out an awful lot.
1: So I guess uh, getting outside of the game here for a minute, uh,
2: the big news
1: of the day was the official announcement of Steven Strasburg, seven-year, $175 million deal. Also, the first one the Nationals have given out, which gets into Mike Rizzo called the in Vogue opt-outs that they're putting in contracts right now. You can opt-out after the third or fourth year. As Scott Morris explained that that gives him a chance to hit free agency like all the other big starters out there. He gets locked up. He has the money guaranteed if he wants it, but he also has a chance to hit free agency around 30-31, cash in if he wants to, and move somewhere else. But from what Steven Strasburg said today, uh, this contract with the Nationals, both Rizzo and uh, Boris and Strasburg, both said pretty clearly that it was player-driven, that Steven Strasburg wanted to get a deal done with the Nationals. The Nationals were willing to give it to him. Uh, He talked about the shutdown, said looking back on that, he came to realize that the Nationals were doing what was in his best interest. Scott Boris kind of stressed that the same, too. That's what I've been saying all along. This is not an I told you so because, you know, I don't say that, and I hate people who do, but... Strasburg did say pretty much that the way they've treated him, the way his family has ad- adapted to DC after living on the West Coast, had a lot to do with him wanting to stay. They announced the deal today, get it done, and Stephen Strasburg for at least the next three years is going to be a National. Take me if
0: you want, but yeah, 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 yeah. We were nice to a player, now he wants to sign with us. Nah, 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 nah. <laughs> that was childish and unacceptable. Yeah, yeah, it was. I'm punchy today. Uh, Dave, you know, I, I think this, this is this is nice, nice managing on the part of the Nets. So They're doing what's good for the player and good for the team. Flags fly forever, but on the other hand, if, if you don't needlessly aggravate or endanger people, sometimes that could pay off too.
1: Dave, any takeaways from the presser today? I don't know how much of it you got to see out there in Idaho. It's a little early for you guys out there, but. Some interesting stuff from Strasburg, Rizzo, and Boris today.
2: No, absolutely. Um, you know, this is a case, I think, where the player uh, sort of overruled the agent. Um I I think everybody locally, nationally, um everybody assumed that Boris was gonna take Strasbourg to free agency, but this was clearly a case from all indication that, that we got in the press conference today that Strasbourg wanted to say in D C that the way that the team treated him, the way that the front office treated him played a large part into um into that and, and he flat out just said it sometimes the grass isn't greener. Um, and he wanted to stay in D.C., so good for the team, good for him. The deal makes sense for both for both sides. Um, now he just has to go out and be the dominant Steven Strasburg for the next five, three or seven years. Yeah, we'll have
1: more than a few stories on that tomorrow. Now that I've finally finished transcribing some 40 minutes of interviews from the day, well, we got to talk to uh, Rizzo and Boris afterwards, so we'll have lots of stuff on that tomorrow. And that's nightly. Sponsored by federalbaseball.com. The Nationals dropped 5-4 decision tonight, 20-12 on the year. 20-13, I'm sorry, I didn't update my uh, numbers on there. 20-13 on the year. Zimmerman versus Scherzer tomorrow, which should be a great matchup for Nats fans. We'll talk to you guys after that.
0: Go Nats.